Welcome back, everybody, to the Redline Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Turpin, joined here, as always, by my good friend, Alex Jaworski. Alex, our last episode did not age well, to say the least. No. uh, The majority of our uh, stories that we covered in our segments uh, turned out to be uh, either – how do I put this here? They were both false, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, what we were talking about is that both of us didn't think the MLB was going to have a season. And then um, Tuesday, John Heyman comes out and says, on Twitter, MLB will set a schedule and have a season. It announces. And uh, we were kind of skeptical at first, and then we saw all the news start rolling in. Um, The plan is for teams to play 40 games in the division and 20 games interleague with their geographic counterpart. So it would be, for example – all the the Red Sox will play all their games against the AL East and against the NL East. So interesting. Um, our our comments did not age well, to say the least. Both of us. I had one foot out, one foot in. To be fair, but never on earth would I have expected it to be done the next day. No, I was completely out. I thought this was over. I thought we were going to see you next year, but nope. July 30, 23rd or 24th will be the first day of the season. July 1st, players will report for training camp at their respective respected home stadiums. So it's exciting. Finally, I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't know, you know who said what and what sweetened the deal. But they have a plan in place all of a sudden. I don't know what happened between a day you know, two months ultimately, and then one day, all it all it took was two, and then they're and, in. And like you said, I mean, you were com- out completely. I was pretty damn close to being out completely, and then just like that, they got a deal. Um, just to, some specifics on the deal here: um, the exact schedule still needs to be made, but we know the structure of it. Every team will play forty games against divisional foes and twenty interleague games against the geographical equivalent. Like I said earlier, the Red Sox, for example, play all their games against the AL and NL um, East teams. Teams to sub- are sub- to submit a player roster with open with 30, 30 player rosters. Don't know what that's all about. Universal DH among rule changes. That's a good one. Transaction freeze to end this week, and a trade deadline will fall in August. A COVID and then a whole bunch with the COVID. One one rule I did find very interesting. Um, let me find it right here. Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe he tweeted out, MLB not messing around with distancing. A player or manager coming within six feet of an umpire to argue a call is subject to suspension. <laughs> <laughs> Who's first to go? I don't know. Well, who, who, who stepped over the six foot boundary? The ump or the, the manager or the player? So, like, so is the man, uh, the umpires like not going to be right behind the catcher? Are they going to be like, you know, like on like the first row of uh, behind home plate, like the first row? Are they going to be there just like with like a pair of binoculars? Like, what's going to go on here? How are you going to like, like actually social distance six feet, whatever it may be, when you're usually the umpire's hand is on the catcher's ass? I have, I have no idea. I, I did not get past that part. I mean, if anything, they should put him between the second base and the pitcher. I mean, that, that's been a, a, like a little I've like a, like the little league thing. Oh yeah, that's been like, something I've been wondering forever. If you want to get it right, I don't know. If you want to get it right, that would be it. But umpire will probably stay behind the, the catcher and the uh, 
for for now and the uh, batter's box there. So they are to report on July 1st, which would be a week from today. This comes just, what, three days after all the cases in the, with the Philadelphia Phillies? Yeah. And like we talked about on our last episode on Monday, how are you going to have teams? Like, what is it? The Phillies had quite a, quite a few guys in quarantine or tested positive. So they have a whole – other thing, like you, I think you believe, you believe I believe you called it on Monday, like uh, the actual world problems. They are having their own problems now that this is like a world problem that was actually a legit problem. That it wasn't them not being able to get out of their own way. It was an actual problem. Is that they have test, they have players testing positive, players, clubhouse staff, whatever it may be, people testing positive. So, what are you gonna do if you're the Phillies? Like you have a handful of players with the virus. And you got a report in a week. They just tested positive a couple of days ago. They're not going to be able to meet that July 1st deadline. So what are you going to do? Are you going to have players like, are you just going to run with the minor leaguers? I don't know how this is going to work. They're going to have to find some way around it. I mean, they're going to have to call the, uh, you know, they're going to have to call in the backups ultimately because all these guys, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not ready to go. They're not healthy. Maybe they're symptomatic and maybe they'll be ready to go when, you know, cleared of all illnesses or whatever you want to call it. But it's just, I have no idea what they'll do. I really don't. If you're, you know, people like, uh, if if you're people like the Phillies and you have these positive tests, I mean, what the hell are they going to do? And here's another thing. It's not like the MLB or the NHL where they have a bubble. The MLB they're playing at their respective home stadiums. Yes, they're, they try to keep them similar, but they try to keep them close. Obviously, I feel like there's always one outlier um, of the AL East, always all on the East Coast was good, but they are going to have to play some NL East teams. And that's a little different is these guys will be traveling and they will be pretty much stay. I, I assume there'll be some strict guidelines, but you would, you would think that they'd be at their house and, if they really wanted to, would be able to do what they want. It's not like the NBA where they can't leave that bubble. Like, you leave the bubble, that's it. you got to quarantine, uh, like we talked about in the last episode. It's not like that with the MLB. They are playing at their respective home fields. So it's going to be a lot different because a player could go, could go out and get the virus, and then what? And then what if it breaks out in the team? Like, what will happen? There is so much underlying thing, underlying factors that um, tie into this. But all I can say is I'm glad that baseball is coming back. You know, I, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I'm always, I, I'm always happy to see something come back like that. But am I excited? Like, am I going to be excited? Like, I feel like the, the, the whole baseball ship has sailed. Like, they could have been, they, they could have been the, the number one. They could have been the, the, you know, the trailblazer. They would have been starting, you know, in a week. Baseball would have been back in a week. Instead, we had this war be- between safety, precautions, and testing that we couldn't get done until, you know, June, what was today? June 23rd? 24th. Or June 22nd, 24th? So what, what, what took so long? That's my, that's my question. What? What made them say for, you know, three months, nah, we're good. And then one day it changed. I don't And I think you're absolutely right. They had the clear shot to be the trailblazer. Um, Look at the NFL draft. You had how many million people, like 10, what was it? 10 million or something? I forget off the, uh, 17 17 
like 17. I don't know. I forget. Well over, like we'll say well over 12 million people watching the NFL draft from the commissioner's basement. You, What do you think? They the would have been couch. watching the MLB had they started off a little sooner. And it's not like they didn't have the chance. Yeah, some some uh, states did just open up sporting to the to their locations. Like, obviously, Celtics can finally go back. But they could have been the trailblazer if they had started the season. This whole war didn't go on. You're right. They missed out on a big opportunity because look at guys like even like the UFC. Like, look how well they're doing with viewership and stuff. It's uh, They definitely had the chance, and they blew it. But, I, I mean, a part of me is excited, but part of me is like, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I really don't know what to say between baseball because I was out, okay, and it was a day later that they said they're coming back in. And now baseball is just going to be there. So, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm in no means necessary am I complaining. But I just don't know how to feel. I really don't because baseball is, is, is like, it's always going to be there. And we and we all know that you especially saying you know you get home from work eat your dinner and watch the uh, watch the game and the AC you know take to the seventh inning or so and then head to bed. But now that they're back and now it's kind of like everyone's doing their own thing during the summer. Like when I, I don't know I I guess when it I, in a short sense I guess everything for baseball when it when it's actually on my TV and I'm watching the Red Sox suck the house out like I'll be like. I'll be happy. I'll, I'll be. I'll be comfortable knowing baseball is back. I think that's what it's well, going to take. And you do. They do make it a little bit interesting because you do get forty games against your divisional opponents or ten apiece. So you get ten Yankees Red Sox games and ten with the Rays, ten with the Orioles, ten with the Blue Jays, and that kind of scares me if I'm a Red Sox fan because you know the Rays have tremendous pitching. As we talked about with the gentleman with the sports and stuff podcast, the the Rays are a good team, and the Blue Jays. I feel like are just right around the Red Sox, and we know what the Yankees are. But the interesting thing is, is with baseball especially, like look at the Nationals. They were ice cold to start the season next, last year, and then they went on to win the World Series. And that's how a, stuff, a lot of stuff happens with, with uh, sports like the Hornets in basketball. Uh, there's just there's so, many, there's so many teams that get hot at the beginning of the season, and if they get hot enough, that might be will get them into the playoffs, which is crazy. And um, this is also – I'm just going to throw this off. I think we're going to ditch the whole three system uh, – the three conferences if we're going to play the divisional foes, which is good because I don't know how that was going to work. Me either. And I, I don't know what was going on there. But presumably now they're going to – you know, AL East is going to be the AL East, AL West, you know, what NL East, NL West, whatever it might be. So, I mean – I'm I'm very hesitant as a Red Sox fan to play 40 games against the Orioles, the Yankees, the Rays, and the Blue Jays. I really am because at least was once upon a time the easiest division in baseball. Now, barring the Orioles, I mean, it's the toughest division in baseball. Right. No, it absolutely is, minus the Orioles. And that's why I kind of left them out in my little – tangent there um Rays have outstanding pitching and the Red Sox can hit but I don't know it's like the Yankees we know what they are and the Blue Jays I feel like they're just right around us so this is kind of something that I kind of find interesting as you know 
Alex Cora is I saw this kind of floating on Twitter. Alex Cora was suspended for the this season. He is eligible to return next season as the coach uh, as the manager, excuse me. He is eligible to return next season as the manager. So, is it kind of like you let um Ron Renicky run the squad this year? 60 games. You're kind of preparing. You got to play the Yankees 10 times, Rays 10 times, Blue Jays 10 times, and Orioles 10 times. So, you got to know, like, being realistically, you like, being realistic here, you got to know that some of those games are going to result in losses. So, do you kind of think, like, all right, maybe you just let Renneke run the show this year and then just take Cora back next year? Kind of, if there's one year to kind of figure out what's going on, what's the direction of this team, and in essence, kind of not tank, but, you know, experiment with what your team's got or what players you got, what direction you're going, it'd be this year. A, t- a season when you play 60 games, like we said, 40 of which against divisional opponents, you'd see the same – you only would see the same nine, nine teams. So if there's any year to really kind of experiment and get your feet wet and see what, where this organization's going and see if Renneke can be the manager of the future, which I doubt he is. He's an interim, and I think that's what he's going to be. Maybe you, maybe the Red Sox don't take back Cora. I don't know. It's just kind of something I thought – Maybe they let him do it and give Cora back his job. If I don't know, I don't know how they feel about it, but that's just kind of something I thought about. I just feel like the, I feel like this was going to be a throwaway year anyway for the Red Sox. Yeah, and I they agree. were going to, and they were going to, you know, battle it out. I don't think they were going to be terrible. I think they were, you know, going to be a winning a winning team. Maybe, maybe five hundred. I don't. I feel like they had a, a a decent chance at, you know, keeping their head above water. But now that there's only, you know, 60-some-odd games, uh, can it benefit them? Uh, I, I think so. They can squeak into a playoff spot now. They're going to have that uh, presumably an open playoff spot now, no? Uh, or from what I understand, there's going to be more playoff spots still? Is there? I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not too sure. I don't think they mentioned much about the playoffs. I'm not sure um, either. I I feel like having those divisional opponents, and obviously it's a tougher division now, minus the Orioles. The the whole division's getting better, and uh, that kind of worries me as a Red Sox fan. That um, that would give me more reason to think they wouldn't make the playoffs because they have to see those teams forty times, and um, I don't even know could they win half of them. I like that's the thing is the Yankees. Um, they had the Red Sox number last year, obviously. Um, even the Rays and Blue Jays, those those teams are good, and they're not to be taken lightly. You, you're still going to play the the Nationals and everyone over there in the NL East. So it, it's it's kind of weird. It's like, like I said, is this an experiment year? Because you know you know who who you got to go up against, and it's a tough it's a tough schedule. It's not even out yet. Like I, you got to play the Nationals, the Braves, the Mets, the Marlins, the Phillies. Um, Yankees, Orioles, Blue Jays. It's it's not easy. No, not not at all. Not at all. And it'll be interesting to say the least, but if they come out and lose, you know, 30, 35 games, I mean, what the heck are we doing here? And like we, I, like I said on the podcast a couple of times now, the Phillies had a good offseason. So you got the Phillies are a good team. The Marlins, not so much. The Mets, eh. Eh. The Braves depends who wanna shows up. The Braves, the Braves are, good. are good. And the Nationals are obviously the defending World Series champs. So I'm not gonna write them off. Yankees are obviously a powerhouse. Rays, they got great pitching. They're a good young team. Blue Jays, same thing. They're le- less than the Rays, but they're a good young team. 
Uh, Orioles and Marlins are really the only walks in the part of the easier games you can kind of take lightly. Other, other than that, these are tough teams they got to go against. Um, maybe the Mets, depending on which Mets want to show up. But um, really, other than the, the Marlins and the Orioles, they've got a tough slate. They do. They really do. And I mean, it, it'll be interesting. That, that's what I'm going to put it at. Because yesterday I was saying how or Monday I was saying how I was out on baseball. And now I don't want to put the, the curse on anybody here. All as I know, Dodgers 7-2, Yankees 7-2, Astros 11-1 odds. Take your pick. Uh, honestly, like... I think I would stay away from all of those. I honestly. feel like I'd stay away from all of them. I, I really can't give you a winner because I'm so scared to go and bet on, like, a futures bet for, like, a, a team, especially, like, the MLB that are playing in their home markets. What if there's an outbreak? And, like, like say it's the – you bet on the Yankees, which with on the surface sounds like a smart bet. They're a powerhouse. But you bet on the Yankees, and then there's an outbreak on their team. So, what, now you're – I don't even know the minor league affiliate of the New York Yankees. So, now you're betting on that team to go and beat the Dodgers and the Nationals. So, that sort of worries me about free futures bets with – the MLB and the NHL, uh, NBA and NHL, I'm sorry, I'm a little more comfortable doing it because they're in the bubble. Um, obviously, they're going to have a lot of restrictions. They're going to they're gonna keep it real clean. They're going to try their best to keep it out. So that I have a more comfortable – I'm more comfortable doing it with the futures in the NBA and NHL than I am with the MLB. To be honest, I think I'd avoid any MLB future bet. I don't know. Maybe Red Sox playoffs. Maybe we can get some good odds. Red Sox. If we can get good odds on that. I don't think I would touch it still, to be honest. Yeah, maybe not. Not with all those divisional games, like I said, and like we just went through. I mean, Orioles and Marlins are really the only two teams that they can um, they can really kind of relax with. I mean, the rest of them are tough, tough games. So, Red Sox in the playoffs, I don't. I wouldn't even touch it. I think this is an experimental year, and I think you know what I mean. Why would if it if there's any year to do it? You got an interim manager right now. You got to figure out what this team is. Um, obviously, last year they couldn't find an identity. They they couldn't find themselves out after that West Coast trip. They they st- opened up on the West and they never recovered. And there was so many times where fans would think, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna recover this game. They're gonna they beat the Yankees. They almost swept them. I'm almost sure in the, like early late June, early July. They almost they they had a great series against the Yankees. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is the turnaround. They're gonna make the push." And they really just never did it. They never found their identity. And um, I don't know, like, there was something was wrong with the Red Sox, but nobody can really tell you what it was. Obviously, the, the close, the bullpen wasn't great. But even on the offense, like, offensively, they were not great. So if there's any year to kind of experiment and find your identity and find out what this team is moving forward, you do it the year there's only 60 games with no fans. So you don't got to deal with that. 60 games, no fans, and you got an interim manager. I feel like if you're going to experiment anytime, it's now. Yep, this is it. See what you can do. They don't want to see you win. It's going to be like a revenge tour. Not really, but... See, that's what the Red Sox need is they need a direction. They like Where are they going right now? They don't have much bullpen help. They Their starting pitchers are eh. Like, Eduardo Rodriguez is their number one. He can really... He's, that's a whole different conversation, but that he is, can really move into the spotlight. He could. And I, I, I'm not discrediting your, Eduardo Rodriguez one bit. But as of right now, where Eduardo is in his career, he's a two or three guy. He's not. He's not a number one. 
No, and that's he, what he, he is ne- to the Red Sox. So the Red Sox, obviously, we talked about, like I said, we talked about it with the Sports and Tough podcast. The Red Sox pitching, we know, is not great. Their bullpen, not great. Their offense, they still got a good, they still got a good, they still got good bats. But they're pitching, they got to find an identity. Um, these guys, like, you lose Mookie and David Price, that's huge. I mean, those guys were huge. Obviously, Mookie, an MVP, was in the club, a big clubhouse guy, you know, he was a baller for them. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, they need to find an identity. And I mean, if there's any year to kind of mess around, see what you got, and kind of get ready for the next time you got to play the full season, uh, it's, it's this year. Absolutely. And I hope they I hope they don't miss on that because I think this is they have to they just have to take advantage of this. Like I said, I I don't want to keep beating the dead horse here, but you have a tough slate of teams to play. You not to mention they those teams have great bats, and the Paradox do not have pitching. So yeah. it's like kind of like a test sentence it seems on the surface, but it, I think it's just going to be an experimental year. And if the Red Sox can experiment this year. I don't want them to suck, but if they can just, if they can tread water and experiment and find an identity, then I'd be happy. If they can just find an identity moving forward. All right, let's focus on next season. This one, it's going to obviously, I don't, like we said, MLB, uh, NBA, NHL, all of them, they won't have asterisks or they shouldn't, but MLB certainly will. Cause you go from a hundred and something games to 60. So this is certainly going to have asterisks on it. So if there's any year to do it, why not do it the year without the fans, with the asterisks, with the interim manager? That's what I would do. Yep. No, you, you couldn't have said it better there. So we'll move on here to our second part of the segment here. Another one of our favorites, Alex, another one we really agree on. Adam Gase is, the, is a major reason Jamal Adams wants to trade. I mean, you saw last year, Le'Veon Bell was brought on to be the, you know, I don't know what was going on there. Le'Veon Bell was brought on to be a major workhorse. He was ready to get 30 carries a game. He was ready to score touchdowns left and right, catch the ball, throw the ball, run the ball, whatever it might be. They had that week one, but after that, it was just kind of a, a steady decline as to what he could do. And there were talks, you know, around the trade deadline that he was going to get moved. A guy that they paid all that money, you sat on his couch for a year, and they wanted him there to play. And so this does not result. This does not result in performance. This is coaching. They didn't want to feed him the ball. They don't want to give him the confidence or the you know opportunity to make that show to show him that you know they trust him and they can let him go and they can let him do his thing. He never got off the ground and he just had an overall bummer of a year. And they're paying him Le'Veon Bell a ton of money. And, like I said earlier, they wanted to trade him at the trade deadline. Would it have been great for Bell? Maybe. Maybe that would have been good. But this only falls back on Adam Gates. Okay, remember right around the trade deadline, there was rumors that he could go back to Pittsburgh? How bad must things be there if he sat out a year in Pittsburgh and was willing to go back there? He would have made more money on that franchise tag with Pittsburgh than he did in his first year with the Jets, I'm pretty sure. He would have made more money, and he didn't do it. So how bad must things be there? And Le'Veon Bell, like you said, he sat on the couch, but he was absolutely deserving of that contract. Third, in 13 games in 2013, he had 860 yards. That was his first season in the league. 2014, he had 1,361. 
In six games in 2015, before he tore his ACL, he had 556 rushing yards already. And then through 12 games in 2016, he had 1,268 yards. And then with 15 games in 2017, 1,291. Last year, he finished with 789 and three touchdowns. What what happened? It's the Adam Gase effect. We talked about it so many times. Look at guys like Devontae Parker. Like, where has he been? They, that's another guy. There was trade rumors about him trying to leave Miami. And he, just the defensive player of the year, he took him out to lunch in week 17, took the Patriots out of a wild, uh, out of a first round bye, put them in the wild card. And where was the, where has this home. guy been? He ultimately sent them home. Where is this guy? Where was this guy? Like, where was he? It doesn't make sense. Ryan Tannehill is another example. And granted, Ryan Tannehill, like we said, I think we touched on it last episode. He had, Maybe you want he, about him, but he's there. He, he's a he guy. had that wildebeest, that animal, and Derrick Henry behind him. But Ryan Tannehill was a great game manager, and he played well. He played pretty damn well. Obviously, you got to be kind of good to make it to an AFC championship. Am I right? And yeah, especially you can't going, in, around, you going into New England and beating them and then following up and going into Baltimore and beating them and then keeping it close with the Chiefs in Arrowhead, it's not an easy task. And he handled it well. And you know what? Where was all this? Like, where has all this just been so much players, so many players that have struggled under Adam Gase? How is this guy still a head coach? The Jets have more problems to worry about than Adam Gase. Like, why don't you salvage uh, Jamal Adams? I mean, I'd be shocked if he played in a game in the Jets uniform. One, because he clearly wants out, and two, he'll he'll hold out. He he'll hold out if he if he really has to. He will hold out if they don't deal him. When we said it last time too, when we touched on it for a little bit, they'd be stupid not to trade him because you don't get any value. So they should trade him. But let's see what they do. It's the New York Jets, after all. You can never count on them to make the right decision. But why don't you salvage what you have? I mean, you still have Le'Veon Bell. Sam Darnold still could be morphed into a good quarterback. He's got the talent for it. It's just they got to put it together. And why not? Why is Adam Gase still your head coach? This guy blows. He's awful. It's kind of like the uh, oh man, who who was the uh, who was the coach in Cincinnati? Marvin Lewis. Marvin. It's kind of like the Marvin Lewis effect, but it's kind of like. Why do we keep bringing this guy back? Well, bring him back for a mediocre upon mediocre season. So here we go, and this guy is tearing players apart, basically, between Adams, Bell, you know, keeping guys back like Tannehill and Parker. I mean, it's no secret. All you have to do is pay attention to numbers when they left, when they were with with Gase, and when they leave Gase. And I think like people are still riding that high that Adam Gase in 2016 when he led the Dolphins to the 10 and 6 record. But forget after that, he went 6 and 10 and then 7 and 9, 7 and 9. And his teams honestly don't play like 7 and 9 teams. The Jets were not a 7 and 9 team this season. They really weren't. They were not a good team. No. They were not even close to a 7 and 9 team. And it's just like do you have options? Marvin Lewis, here's the difference with Marvin Lewis and and Adam Gase. Marvin Lewis had a few successful successful years with the Bengals. He also didn't really have the talent. Not, not that Adam Gates really does, but Marvin Lewis was at least respected by the players. 
Adam Gase, remember last year there, there was I think it was an anonymous player that said he didn't they didn't like his tough guy attitude and his badass attitude he had in the locker room. And that like if that's the like the, the vibe your players are getting from your coach, there's a problem. No, not, it is. Like I said, all that, everybody who was with him, and then look at the years following when they left him. And no one wants a, a hard-o coach. Everyone wants to be personal. They, they the days of like being the hard-o coach and being like, if you don't make this play, you don't run sprints. Those are over. Those days are over. I and coaches now, even in, even in youth sports, do not understand that. The days of that are over. I. People are changing personally. It, I, I'm sure you can understand that. I.e., Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. Left because exactly. his coach was a hardo. And uh, it's pretty obvious. I mean, look at where, like, we, we said we weren't going to get into this, but now we got to get into this. Tom Brady, where has he been in this last couple off seasons? Where has this guy been? He just, he goes on these family vacations. Right, he's never, never at OTAs. Never wants to get, never wants to be around the facility until he has to be, until it is mandatory. Even then, what he said, he sat out one day a week. I'm pretty sure it was like Wednesday or something. So he he didn't want to be there unless he had to be there. But now, Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after the NFLPA advised players not to get together and practice at at once, it was just a small gathering of just receivers, tight ends in the center. Now they get defensive backs there, and they they have like twelve receivers. After the NFLPA asked him not to do this, asked the players not to gather and practice together. This is the same guy who wouldn't go to an OTA unless he had to go, or no, he didn't go to the OTAs because those are optional. He didn't go to the facility unless he had to go. So tell me, that's not like, like, is there really another? reason for this except for that he did not want to play with Bill Belichick I don't know and that's like kind of leads us into that Hardo coach is done they want the players coaches now the Mike Tomlins that's the guy that comes to your mind John Harbaugh these player coaches and Adam Gase certainly isn't that and he doesn't have that that resume that Bill Belichick has that he can carry that attitude Bill Belichick can do it Adam Gase you had one 10 and 6 season and lost in the playoffs you cannot carry that attitude Nope, we can't. I mean, players don't want that anymore. No, and then they were so they were ten and six. I'm trying to find out who they lost to. I want to see who they lost to. That let's see. Wild card. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, thirty to twelve. Nice, thirty to twelve. So that's the guy. At they showed up. That's the guy that is allowed to carry this tough guy attitude. And, like, Jamal Adams is arguably the most valuable player they had, and now he doesn't even want to play there. So they'd be dumb not to get right. any value. Exactly. And why would you want to keep someone there? No, why would you want – it's like it's like just watching money burn. Like, why would you want him to – he's unhappy. Why you can get value now? Why don't you get it? And you can get damn good value for Jamal Adams. It's not like you'll get a bag of chips. You'll get like you'll no. get something good, um, unless unless they get fed up with him so much that they just deal him out and they have no value and he's a locker cancer, 
But I think that'll change around. All some guys need is a change. Well, he already said goodbye to his Jets teammates. So, if that he's already out. He already said bye to his Jets his Jets teammates. So, if now if you bring him back, it's just going to cause a rift. It's going to be awkward. Just get him out. Get value while you can. Like what? Like is he really just trying to like like carry his ego, his tough guy like attitude, and Adam Gase like? Not trading him. I know this turns into like a general manager thing, but trade him. Just trade the guy. He doesn't want to play there. He always said bye to the teammates. Let him go. Right. So, so there's no reason. No, you don't need. No, but that about wraps us up for the day. A little heated episode today, Alex. Do you have any other final thoughts? Final conclusions? Comments? Concerns? Uh, the whole COVID nineteen. PGA Tour. Uh oh. Oh, is there more more uh, people? T- oh, they're on. No, they're on, aren't they? More positive cases come out today. One more player, two caddies, and the child of another player. Uh, the Travelers Championship starts tomorrow. Brooks Kepka has withdrawn. Chase Kepka, his brother, who was uh, an amateur status, uh, was going to play. He's now withdrawn. Brooks Kepka's caddy tests positive for COVID-19. Webb Simpson is out. Graham McDowell is out. So hopefully you would think- they can uh, keep, it, keep it together over there. But you would think golf, they'd be able to, uh, you know, they'd be able to keep it together. You would think they would do without the caddies, too. With all going on. You know, you would think that. Really think that you you that's a fair assumption, right? Why would you still carry like why would you still need the caddies? Just they got to do it themselves. You limit the amount of people there. Now you got caddies testing positive the day before. I don't know, it's just it's like, yeah, so you good. can open the golf courses in Massachusetts and everywhere else, and no problems. And these guys are like, having, like just don't have a caddy, it's simple, socially distance. Just if there's any sport. That it's actually possible at all times to social distance. It is golf. MLB, we said it's probably the closest to like actual league sports. It's the closest, but golf you actually can the whole entire time. So I don't see that. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> I don't know. They were saying that Hilton Head and the Carolinas there was like a petri dish, and everyone was just kind of doing their own thing. So maybe that could be part of the problem. I really don't know, but I, I just – we can't lose – I cannot lose golf. I I, I want to, like, pull a couple people and ask if, like them the question, that same question. I'm sure – I think you're the first person that I've ever heard say you can't lose golf and, like, watching golf. I, like, I love playing to watch golf. golf. I always hated it when I was younger. I love playing golf. I love watching golf. I love gambling on golf. It's a great, great, it's an underrated uh, event. But if we only have golf and NASCAR, and now I get to wait for every Sunday for a NASCAR race, and I don't have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday Don't forget sports. about Saturday UFCs. And Saturday UFC, yes. But I'm, I'd be a crazy but, person. I don't think we have a, we might not even have a fight this weekend. I don't know. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think we do. But I will say, mid-July, I think I think we're both ready to become millionaires, my man. I think we're ready. Yes, I lie. There is a fight. Oh, there are? Not any big ones, right? No. No, I didn't think so. But But anyway. All right. You want to go ahead and plug the socials? 
Yes, sir. Be sure to check out my wrestling podcast, the J&J Wrestling Podcast, over on Spotify by searching J&J Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to follow us over there. Listen to all our previous episodes. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at J&J Wrestling Pod for more content, news, and whatever you'll find over there. And now I'll hand it over back to you. Yeah, and of course, on the Redline front, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Redline Sports 617 and on Twitter at Redline Sports. Also, be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you find our podcast, which if you've listened this much, just 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 do us do us the... How do I say? Do it the generosity. I don't know if that makes sense, but just do us the favor. Do, do us, us a solid. solid. And uh, if you're listening this much, just just it takes one second. Just give us that like, give us that subscribe. But um, that's all I've got. We'll be back on Friday, and then we will do our quarterback rankings. We push them back, obviously, with more timely sports news, which we haven't had in months. So Friday quarterback rankings. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you guys then. Yes, sir. See you then.